Welcome to Consulting Growth Hour with me, Fahim Musa, where I break down key growth concepts so you can build a thriving consulting business. Check out the show notes for presentations and handouts as we go deep into the rabbit hole of consulting. Let's get started. Hey folks, welcome. Good to see all of you here. Thanks for making it to the 17th session of Consulting Growth Hour. Let's just dive into today's session, digital marketing for consulting business owners, what works best. As always, I want to start off with telling you who this session is for. So B2B consulting business owners, you're doing strategy, marketing, sales, HR, IT, or any other type of service, consulting service that you sell to organizations. Okay, whether they're small businesses, mid-sized businesses, large businesses, public sector, private sector, or, or for-profit or non-profit. Okay. So typically my presentations are focused on those that are, that are two plus years in business. They've thus far landed business via referrals. And now they're looking for other avenues. And typically they're curious about digital marketing. They perhaps done a little bit of digital marketing before, but you want to know what else is out there and what you could use. Okay. So let's just dive right in. This is going to be a little bit of a heavy session. So bear with me here. And as always, I'm happy to send you the slides later on. Just send me a, a DM on LinkedIn. And in a couple of days, the replay will be out. So if you've found this session to be useful, I'll also send you the replay. Now, if you're listening to this on the podcast, what you want to do is look at the show notes. You'll have the slides posted in the show. We've, we've posted the slides in the show notes. We've also posted the link to the YouTube replay. So check out the, the YouTube replay of the session because you'll need to follow what's going on on the, on the screen to make sense of today's session. Okay. So the way I see it, I see consulting businesses in various of fall into various categories, right? Before I tell you what I feel are the best performing digital marketing channels for a consulting business, I want to make sure that you understand where I'm coming from and give you the, the, the lay of the land as I see, as I see it. And I, as you know, I work with a lot of consulting businesses across the world. So I've divided them into four quadrants. There probably are more categories if you refine them further, but for the purposes of this discussion, I've divided them into four quadrants, as you can see. So they're colored on the screen, blue, red, yellow, and green. And I'm going to pop in various categories, these four categories of consulting companies, and just make a mental note of where you fit in, right? Which color quadrant you fit in because you'll need to follow that as I talk about various strategies for the various categories. Okay. So you'll see on the top must have services and nice to have services. Okay. And on the left-hand side, you'll see low value deals. I identify, or I define a low value deal as a deal under $20,000. And anything above that is a high value deal for the purposes of, of this discussion. Okay. So let's go ahead and define categories of consulting firms. Okay. So let's look at the top left quadrant, the blue quadrant must have services and low value deals. So these are services that companies simply must avail of. 
Okay, I've given you some examples. Number one, business planning, consulting for fundraising. This is one of the services that I used to offer back in the day, initially when I started consulting. My consulting company developed business plans for companies that raised funds, right? Particularly debt funds. So if a, if a, if a business wanted bank funding, for example, the bank would ask them, you know, certain due diligence documents, you know, the tax tax returns, et cetera, et cetera. And they would ask for a business plan for the new business that come the business wanted or the entrepreneur wanted to launch. And that, that, that document went into the file of the loan application. So a business plan was a must have companies that wanted bank funding needed a business plan. So that was, that's a must have service. And we offered that, right? Problem with must-have services, as you know, is that they're they're much in demand, but they're extremely competitive. Everybody's got a service, and you know you end up if you're not very careful, you end up competing on price. Okay, but there are there is a category of services in consulting which is must-have. Another must-have category would be a quality standard implementation. Let's say a manufacturing business wanted to put together a quality standard like ISO, for example. Okay, and if they didn't have that quality standard, they wouldn't get new business. So they would get an ISO consultant to come in and do it. Okay, that's must have again. And any any sort of service for, let's say, small businesses that were regulatory in nature, compliance, for example, right? There are HR consultants who focus on compliance and put together these compliance packages for businesses, right? If you don't, if you're not compliant in, in some way, shape, or form that the government wants you to be compliant on, then you would lose your business license, for example. So that's one category of, of consulting firms must have services who offer services or consulting projects under $20,000. So as we go through the, the, you know, these four categories, please type in the chat so I know if you fall into one of these categories. So if you fall into the blue category that I just described, please type, please type in the chat and let me know. So I, I have a sense of who's in the session today so I can kind of tailor my presentation to you folks. Okay, now let's move on to the next section. This one is a lot more nebulous than I'd like to kind of present. So this is nice to have. These are nice to have services, but they're still under 20K, right? So a lot of small business services like a small business marketing a small business creative services small business design training hr etc i'm not saying that all small businesses all, all small business services are under 20k but a lot of them tend to be especially the ones who you know that cater to micro businesses for example so those kinds of businesses but they're not must have right a small business marketing i mean of course there is value in what you're offering but it's not there's no compelling reason to go and seek out that service. There's no government regulation. There's no, you know, banking requirement like the blue quadrant, right? So they're nice to have. Of course, they have, they are valuable, but they're nice to have. And examples would be small business, training, HR, marketing, advisory services, one-off advisory services, right? A lot of businesses, a lot of consulting companies come under this category. So if you're in that category, just type in the chat. So... I, I understand. So Pam asks, is the 20K annual revenue? No, that's not annual revenue. It's the size of the deal. So it could be, you know, 20,000 per client. All right. During the course of the year, if you want that, that's, uh, you, you can 
you can keep that as a as a definition during the course of their life during the course of the year twenty thousand dollars per client okay so okay so mike says fall into red right so some of some of you said green i'll describe what those are soon so let's move to the next quadrant i'm going to go to yellow must have services but these are high value deals okay now examples of must have services that are high value deals are typically as i see it it consulting a lot of it consultants fall into this category like for example the the folks that implement technology let's say a large business has purchased software oracle or sap or microsoft 365 and they need somebody they need an it consulting firm to come in and you know implement that solution or that software these are typically projects that go on for months and i say that they are must have because once a, in a, an organization has invested millions of dollars in a piece of technology then you know it's imperative that they find a consultant to implement and put that technology together right you know that's why it consultants are in demand that's why it consulting is is big business because they're high ticket deals and they must have right so they're always in demand everybody's doing something everybody's building some it project or doing some kind of digital transformation in their organization right and here's the other thing like right now in the it world there's a lot of migration going on migration is when you move from let's say an old legacy system into a new type of system like the cloud, right? So a lot of companies, even this day and age, still use on-premise legacy systems. And now most of the new technology is cloud-based. So they need consultants to migrate from the old system to the next, right? And they have to do it. Organizations have to do the migrations because the technology vendors, the like the Microsoft and the Oracles of the world are going to end support for those old systems soon. So that makes it a must have for these companies. And so IT consultants are in huge demand. But the yellow quadrant is not just for IT consultants. There are other types of consulting as well. For example, regulatory com compliance, which is large, large scale, large businesses implementing some kind of compliance and so forth. And there are other type of business categories as well. All right. So that's as far as the yellow quadrant goes. That's must have services and high value deals. Now I'll come to the green quadrant. This is where I think a lot of you will be interested in. And this is where I played as well in my management consulting business. I had a blue quadrant service that was business planning. That was just, you know, when I started off, then I moved to the green quadrant, this is where you know things get really interesting as, as a business. And this is where you typically, the management consulting businesses play in, right? The, uh, the strategy consulting firms, the, the big ones like the BCGs and the McKinsey's and also smaller you know, or mid-sized firms. You, I'm not just alluding to the, the big companies here, but there are a lot of smaller mid-sized firm consulting firms that play in the green segment right? Strategy, operations, HR consulting, leadership, change management, so on and so forth. A lot of these deals can run into multiple six figures, even if you're an independent consultant, right? Not just a small firm. Corporate training and advisory, right? Those are other examples of nice to have and very high value deals. And some other IT consulting as well. Not all IT consulting is must have, but a lot of it is nice to have, but there are big deals, right? 
So these are the, the various categories, the, the way I see it, the way I see the consulting industry. And the reason I presented this to you is that, you know, when you think of digital marketing, it depends on the category you are in, right? So a blue category firm would choose different digital marketing tactics as opposed to the other, other types of categories, okay? All right, just checking the comments. Yeah, thanks for the, thanks for the comments. So just, just those of you who haven't typed in the comments which category of firm you are, just do so so I understand you know, who's in the session. And if you have any questions going forward, pop it in the chat. I will be taking questions when we're done, okay? Now, before we get into digital marketing and this whole you know, new paradigm of, of marketing yourself, I want to you know, talk a little bit about traditional ways of landing clients, right, in, uh, for these various categories. And I say traditional because these are the most, these are the predominant types of ways or predominant, way, predominant ways consulting firms have landed clients in these various categories. Certainly not exhaustive. So, but I just want to put it out there. And because this is a, this is a precursor to the digital marketing discussion that we're going to have very soon. So traditional channels in must have low value, that's the blue quadrant. Referrals always work in any type of consulting. All of you know that referrals in your personal network, are very, very powerful, right? Small business advertising. Now the reason advertising works in the, in, in this quadrant, the blue quadrant is because, you know, there is a consistent flow of demand, right? They want the service. It's a must have. And, and companies are, are looking for these vendors. So it makes sense to just put a small ad and, you know, solicit business, right? Or even, you know, send out direct mail, right? Because companies want these kinds of services, right? Trade publication advertising as well. Like other than the small business section in the newspaper, trade publication advertising within your niche worked as well, worked as well because as I said, these are must-have services and, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a demand. All you need to do is just capture the demand. You don't need to create demand because demand already exists, right? In nice to have, of course, referrals and personal network always works. In nice to have, you know, nobody's searching for your services, right? You, there is no consistent flow of demand or, or although there is a section of the market that understands the value of these kinds of services. Think back to the, the nice to have services in the red quadrant. These could be small business marketing, small business HR operations, one-off advisory. All these are obviously could be very valuable to small businesses, but they're, you know, there's no compelling reason for businesses to go and, you know, to be actively looking for these kinds of consulting firms. So for, for those kinds of businesses, you want to, you know, the, when there's no demand prevalent, you want to create demand, right? And you create demand by, you know, creating 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 content and thought leadership speaking engagements trade shows you know going out there and and meeting you know meeting interested folks doing events creating content in publications like articles and trade publications even writing books i mean look at the many many business books that you've that you see in the market today a lot of them cater to small businesses and a book is simply a gateway into 
the small business consulting market, right? Because it's, a, it's the ultimate business card, especially a book that's published by a reputable publishing house, right? It gives you distribution, it gives you, you know, it builds your reputation and so on. So in the red quadrant, in the nice to have services, you want to be creating demand. That's the, that's the key, right? And even without digital marketing, right? Like if you look at the past, traditional channels had demand creation tactics, like speaking engagements and trade shows and content and articles and all that stuff, right? So demand creation has been going on for ages. Let's go to the yellow quadrant. That's, I want to see if anybody's in the yellow quadrant. Are there any IT consultants in the house? Just quickly go through this. Okay, Philippe or Felipe, I'm not sure how you pronounce your name, but you're in the yellow quadrant. Good. So I'm happy to see someone in the yellow quadrant. So here's my take on traditional channels for the yellow quadrant, which are must-have services and high-value deals. Okay, of course, referrals and network, super important for any type of consulting. The other way, traditional channel for the yellow quadrant will be industry conference speaking, trade shows, similar to the, the red quadrant. But the difference in the yellow quadrant would be partnerships, especially if you're an IT consulting firm, you know, you do partnerships with the tech platforms. Like if you're an IT consultant specializing in Oracle, you have a partnership with, with you know, that tech platform Oracle that will, that, that will have some way of, you know, showcasing you as a preferred vendor and, you know, push business your way if you're qualified, of course. And headhunters as well. Like this, this works even today. Like a lot of IT consulting firms, smaller firms, new in the business would get leads through, through headhunters and recruiters. I want to request one of you to please mute. I think there's one, one of you that, that is not muted because I'm getting some feedback. All right. So headhunters has always been a traditional channel for IT consulting firms. So that's the, the only distinction over there. There are other types of channels as well for all of these categories, but I'm just focusing on the, the predominant ones based on my understanding of the industry and what I've seen so far. Then let's go to the, to the green quadrant. So the green quadrant, you know, these are the high ticket and nice to have deals, right? The, the strategy consulting change management, operations consulting, they're all nice to have, right? And they're all very high ticket, you know, multiple six figures. And here, as in the yellow quadrant, you know, referrals and your personal network become really important, right? Of course, in the, in the blue and red referrals are important too, but not as much as in the yellow and the green, because the higher tickets you go, the more trust that's required right? You're getting to the trusted advisor space because, you know, nobody wants to hire, you know, spend $200,000 or so on a consulting firm and then get it wrong, right? That's a big risk for a buyer to take in an organization. So trust and reputation become huge factors, right? So people, consultants in the yellow and green categories have always relied on their personal networks and their prior clients to get referrals from and warm introductions from. And it's still, you know, just because today is all digital, it still is very, very important to tap into your network. And we'll talk a little bit about that as I move into tactics, digital tactics. So, and of course, right, the, to build trust, right? To build trust in the industry, in the, in the market, especially if you're a nice to have service, you want to put out a lot of thought leadership and content 
like books, for example, look at all the, the thought leaders in the business consulting category, like all the top business authors, right? Writing very detailed business books and strategy books and giving all their knowledge away just to build trust so that, you know, um, first of course, they have the passion for the, that field, but then, you know, that trust and reputation that they build via thought leadership, you know, feeds their pipeline for their consulting businesses that's at the back end. And those consulting deals are way more lucrative than their book deals in most cases, right? So that's, that, that's the business model that many consultants, you look at you know, all the top consultants, even folks like Martin Bauer, the, the, I think it was, was, was he the founder of McKinsey or the one who grew McKinsey? I mean, all of these top consultants were created thought leadership content in some way, shape or form. So they weren't authors, they were prolific writers and speakers, right? At the events and so on and so forth. And then through that, they would build new relationships and, and expand their personal network and then land new business. And they were able to sell the, the, the value of their services once they built new relationships, right? So these are traditional channels, right? And the reason I, I put these out here is I, I wanted to make a point that, you know, just because everything is digital these days, right? And everybody talks about digital, we shouldn't ignore the, the wisdom of the past, right? These are principles. These are not just channels that you're seeing in the screen today. These are principles, right? The principles that are involved in high ticket consulting selling, at least, you know, to a large extent, high ticket consulting is, you know, trust and reputation and your, you know, your experience and what people say about you and your networks. Right. Even in the, the low value deals, I mean, your reputation is super important, right? If you don't have, if you, if you don't have testimonials and references and, 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 you know, wins in the past, then it's really hard for people to, you know, hire you for the most part, like for a smaller deal, like a, you know, a really small sub 10,000 deal, people can take a risk if you're new, but, you know, the higher and higher you go, it, trust becomes important. You, don't, you, you move from becoming a simple expert and a consultant into trusted advisor territory, right? So as we move forward into building consulting businesses and building valuable consulting businesses and, and choose tactics that will land us, you know, highly profitable consulting engagements, we want to keep these principles in mind, right? But here's the thing, why digital marketing, right? We talked about the traditional methods of landing clients. And as I said, a lot of it works really well even today, right? So then why digital marketing? I'm gonna show you two stats, right? And there are tons of other statistics, but I want to just show you two simple statistics to make, to illustrate my point here. So. This is a recent study that was done in double, by Double Verify, and it was done in 2020. The average daily consumption of digital media content in 2020 was seven hours. The previous normal was three hours. Now, it can be argued that in 2020, because of the lockdowns and everything, a lot of people were sitting at home and watching Netflix and streaming and, and so on and so forth. While that may be true, I believe that human beings are, human beings are creatures of habit. And that seven hours, is not going to go down very fast, even though now things are, you know, closer to pre-pandemic levels, 
right? Once you're used to certain channels, you're going to be, you know, glued more and more to those channels. And plus, you know, people are the, 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 the younger generation, the millennials and so on and so forth, who've grown up digital native, right? They've grown up with digital tools. Those folks are, are becoming influencers in the corporate world. They may not be the, the CEOs and the SVPs, but they are the directors and, you know, possibly vice presidents and, you know, senior managers who kind of influence deals within organizations and they're, you know, glued to their screens. And they're looking at uh, digital channels. Here's the other stat. Influencers in B2B purchase decisions. The average number of customers stakeholders involved in a B2B purchase decision is 6.8, up from 5.4 in 2014. I think this is the stat from somewhere around 2019 or 2020. That 6.8 may even be up, right? So my point is that in business-to-business -business sales, the higher you go in organizations, the more number of people are involved in a decision. It's not just one person, right? And as I said, even if the CEO is not glued to LinkedIn or Instagram, the influencers, the, the directors or the VPs or you know, the senior managers, they're all over these, these platforms and they're looking and that's how they begin their buyer's, buyer's buying journey. That's how they, they, they get aware of potential experts and advisors and consultants that they can bring in, right? So, 6.8, an average of 6.8 people are involved in a B2B sale and they're all online, they are reading, they are listening, and they are watching. So that's why digital marketing should be a part of your mix if you haven't already considered it, or if, you've, if you're dabbling in digital marketing, there's a, there's a great case to be made here that you, know, you wanna explore these channels a lot more seriously. All right. so. Before I talk about what I believe, what I believe are the best digital marketing channels you can explore, I want to give you a quick overview of digital marketing channels. I mean, this is an ocean, right? This whole subject, and can't, I can't like fully cover it in 60 minutes, but I want to give you an overview of the way I see the digital landscape as far as marketing is concerned. Okay, so display channels, okay? These are channels, these are display advertising. So essentially you go to websites and social channels, you'll see a banner ad on top or you'll see a banner ad on the side. Those are typically what are known as display ads and they're typically used for brand advertising, right? Just to kind of build brand awareness. Sometimes you can click on them and you know, you're taken to some other page or, or whatnot. And they're kind of they can be used for performance purposes as well. But for the for the, the intents and purposes of this discussion, display advertising. Just think of them as brand advertising on websites and and social media. Okay. Then there's search, right? Search channel. The search channel. This is search on you know organic search on search engines like Google and Bing and all the other search engines. And it could be paid advertising as well, which is like Google advertising, Bing, and so on, right? There's another kind of search, which is online marketplaces. This is a new phenomenon that's, that's his, like, you know, has cropped up in the last decade or so where, you know, these are online sites where that bring buyers and sellers together. There are a number of sites like, for example, Upwork, 
is, is one site. There's another site for strategy consultants called Catalan. These are the ones I'm familiar with because I haven't used online marketplaces in a really long time. But uh, you know they can be valuable in certain categories. So that's where people, potential buyers go in and search as well as apart, apart from the typical search engines like Google and Bing. Okay. Then there's the content channel, right? Organic, which is, you know, creating content of your own and building it via social media and so on. And of course, paid advertising on social media, which is written like a piece of content, but it's promoted, right? Then there's content networks like podcasts, like podcasting networks. Then there's several other types of content networks and communities that you can use to create and distribute content. There's email marketing as well. Email marketing is not you know, individually cold emailing people, but using email marketing as a channel to nurture a particular or nurture your audience with you know, good content. So those are the content channels. There are other content channels as well, but you know, this is an overview. Then there's a the referral channel as well. The referral channels include, of course, social, which is like if you're doing B2B, it's LinkedIn and Sales Navigator for the most part. And there's online networking groups as well. There are a number of online networking groups where you can kind of be part of, they, they meet on Zoom or, or Teams, and they basically kind of you know, refer business to each other. The number of these groups in niche channels as well, or niche, you know, niche industries that you can kind of access. Then there's direct, right? Direct is always a channel, reaching out by email right? Uh, reaching out via social DMs, not my favorite way of doing business and getting uh, new consulting clients, but they can work in a one-off way, right? Uh, and, you know, I'm not averse to you using email outreach and social DMs. I mean, you know your business best. I don't know your business intimately, or, you know, I don't know anything about in your individual businesses, but based on my understanding and based on what I've seen with a lot of consultants, I don't, I don't fully recommend using email outreach or social DMs as a, as your primary strategy, especially go, if you go, you know, higher ticket, those are not, that's not a strategy that I would, I would recommend, but let's, here's, this is the overview of, 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 of the digital marketing or digital channel landscape. Now let's go back to the quadrants and I'll tell you what I feel are best channels that you can explore based on the category of service that you offer. Okay. So let's start with blue must have services and low value deals. Okay. So the key focus areas that you can explore are online marketplaces, right? I talked to you a little bit about online marketplaces. If you're doing, let's say a business planning service, or if you're doing a, you know, a, a kind of service that people look for some kind of compliance, for example, there are online marketplaces that bring these vendors and buyers together right? So that's one. Search and paid. That's a search engine optimization and paid. Now, SEO, search engine optimization is nothing but, you know, optimizing your website so that it ranks higher on search engines like Google, right? And you can also run paid ads, which will then kind of bump you up in on the, you know, those search engines. The reason I feel that search really works in must-have services is that people are already searching for your product. There's already demand, right? So what you got to do is essentially capture that demand where it shows up, right? So that's why search is a 
is one of the best channels if you're if you're must have and and low value right when i say low value i mean for the you know i don't mean that they're you know not valuable services i'm just defining them as low value because people can make a decision even if they don't know you that well for a deal that's like 20k or less right and then there's linkedin and sales navigator um I'm a big proponent of LinkedIn Sales Navigator for consulting in general, but I feel that for, for these must-have services and they, these low-value deals, I think online marketplaces and search work, work better than, than social, right? Because people are actually searching um, in those channels, in the search channels, in the marketplaces, right? And on, on social, people don't go to search for services, right? Predominantly, they just go to network, they go to learn, they go to find resources. So now let's move on to the red quadrant. I can remember the red quadrant is nice to have and low value people like small business marketing, small business HR, one-off advisory and so on. Now here's the thing, like uh, I've listed online marketplaces here, but you know, depending on the kind, depending on what you do, depending on the type of service, like if you're doing, let's say graphic design consulting for, small businesses online marketplaces are great if you're doing you know business advisory for small businesses it may not be the the best place but you could still you know have a presence there there are some marketplaces such as you know catalint for example uh, i mentioned this before i don't know of others but there are some marketplaces where that are looking for consultants that will you know maybe good areas to maybe good avenues to build a presence on, right? But the problem with marketplaces, this is my problem with, with these marketplaces is that, you know, eventually the price is driven down because, you know, there's a lot of competition, right? And if you're not too careful, you end up competing on price and you don't want, you don't want, you don't want to ever compete on price. The second key focus area to focus on for the red quadrant are LinkedIn sales navigator. Now this is nice to have. When you go to nice to have territory, you want to, you know, access and you want to focus on your personal network and referrals, your past clients, professional network, people who worked with you before, ex-colleagues for warm introductions, right? And you want to look for online referral networks as well. There's, uh, you got to look in your, in your niche, who are these groups and communities that meet up and you want to get in on those groups, right? And there's content, right? If you're doing low ticket, under 20K services, Email marketing is a, when I say email marketing, it's email nurturing via, you know, it's, it's nurturing via content through email, especially if the, if, if your clients are, you know, will likely buy from you in the future, right? And it's not just a one-off sale. You can nurture them via content through email, right? Do webinar trainings like this one, like what I'm, what I'm, you know, hosting, do social content, Right. For all like intents and purposes, like I see myself right now, I help management consulting firms build sales and marketing systems. I see myself in the red quadrant. So I do a lot of what I've mentioned over here. I don't do online marketplaces because for my type of business, I haven't found one yet. And plus, you know, I, I believe that, you know, building a reputation and getting trust from your, your market is, is far, far important. It's, it's the long game that I'm playing over here. So I believe a lot in, in content, in, in creating really good content and building a community, giving away a lot of content so that people trust me, people 
you know, I'd build a reputation and then when people are ready, they would reach out to me. So that's the game I'm playing. And a lot of people in the red quadrant need to play that for the, for the long game. Let's move on to the yellow quadrant. Okay. Again, like, you know, the higher ticket you go, the more important your referrals and your personal networks network becomes. Again, just because we're talking digital marketing, it doesn't mean that you ignore your personal network and referrals. We're in professional services, never forget that. We're consultants, experts, advisors, right? And in professional services, whether you market through a digital channel or you market through your traditional channel, your reputation matters and trust matters. So you've got to access your network. The nice thing about digital marketing is that you can now use online tools to access and you know optimize that process of building a referral engine and seeking out warm introductions. LinkedIn and Sales Navigator today for high ticket business to business referral marketing is you know is the best platform or the, or the best platforms that I know of right now for for business to business high ticket to build your referral engine and they've got some certain tools that i really haven't found anywhere else right so if you're in that high ticket if you're in green or yellow you want to be leveraging linkedin and sales navigator to you know really supercharge your referral engine and, and most consultants are not doing it right most of most consultants i know are simply sending dms or creating substandard content once in a while and then you know say that these channels don't work but if you do it really well, if you do it the right way, the, the way they're meant to be done, then you know they're fantastic channels and you can really build a business really fast if you know what you're doing. I talked about content, which is also you know obviously important for the yellow quadrant, LinkedIn podcasts, online briefings, trainings, webinars. Among content right now, I think is a great time to start a podcast because that's a, a channel that is growing really fast among you know, B2B executives in large businesses or even small businesses, mid-sized businesses. People are listening to podcasts and it's really convenient because you can listen to a podcast where while you're walking or you're you know, driving to work or you know, walking your dog or whatnot. So you can, it, it allows you to multitask and learn at the same time. And it's a channel that's becoming super popular. So I would encourage you to kind of explore that channel. So when you get into, and one more thing I want to talk about, you know, for the yellow quadrant, what's, what's different between the yellow and green is that in the yellow quadrant, if you're IT consulting, you know, you, you're most likely partnering with people, partnering with the tech, tech platforms, partnering with headhunters. So reaching out to these people and, you know, building relationships online through these networks, through these channels like IT and sorry, LinkedIn and Sales Navigator is very, very handy. So if you're in the yellow quadrant, make sure you're doing that. In the green quadrant, of course, you know, again, if you're a strategy consultant, operations consultant, HR, et cetera, um, catering to large businesses or mid-sized businesses, you want to be really nurturing your network. Again, I cannot stress how important it is to use these platforms, LinkedIn and Sales Navigator, to nurture your network and to have conversations and to get referrals and warm introductions. Right. And of course, use these platforms to create kick-ass content. Right. Over time, you'll see that you will, people will seek you out, right? When they have a problem, because they remember you, they trust you, and they'll keep coming to your events, they'll be part of your community, they refer you to other people. 
it's a long game, right? I mean, content takes time. I'm not gonna, you know, simply say that content is like, you know, works overnight. You got to give it at least a quarter or two for it to work, but it takes time. But, you know, over that time, it's extremely powerful. And again, look back to the traditional channels, right? Content today on LinkedIn and Sales Navigator were articles in trade publications, you know, before. And even like, you know, a podcast today or, or a, you know, a you know, webinar today is like a speaking engagement at a, at a chamber of commerce you know, 20 years ago. So the principles still hold true because you're building trust, the channels are different, but it doesn't mean that you ignore the principles, right? And of course, like books, I mean, if you're, if you're writing a book as a consultant, then I would encourage you to keep writing that book because books can be amazing door openers. But do you have to write a book? Is it mandatory? I don't think so. You can still create, use other channels like the, the social channels, the podcast content channels, to create amazing content and build your tribe. All right, so those are, so again, I wanna preface, I wanna kind of, you know, give you a, a caveat here that, you know, these are recommendations for you to explore based on your business category. Again, I don't know your individual businesses. So before you, you know, just go about blindly using these channels, just first explore these channels, right? Based on the category that you fall in. And of course, choose channels and networks based on where your audience hangs out. I keep saying LinkedIn a lot because, you know, I use it as an example for B2B. But if your, if your audience is somewhere else in some other network or Instagram, if you're doing small business or whatever, then that's fine, right? Explore that. So, you know, choose your networks and your channels and your communities based on where your audience hangs out. And these recommendations, again, are not exhaustive. Like they're my understanding and my based on my experience on what constitutes the best so that you can explore these channels and, and see if it makes sense for your business, right? And from my experience, I'll, all these channels that I've talked about, these digital channels have worked for my clients and for me in the past. So I'm, I'm speaking from experience, but you, know, you wanna explore these channels and see you know, which are the ones that work best for you. And of course, you can use multiple channels as well. You don't have to just use the ones that I've listed in each quadrant. For advanced strategies, you can use multiple channels and you know experiment and see if they work. But then if you're starting out, remember I, I said that this uh, presentation is for people that are typically two or three years into their business and they're looking to kind of um, explore digital channels or kind of just ramp up their digital game. And they're in the early years of doing that. So as you get more advanced, you can use channels and build a, an advanced a marketing campaign. So that's it for me today for the presentation. I want to open it up to questions. Let's just keep this page on. All right. So I'm going to go right from the top. Just please type in your questions so I can check them out and give you my best response. Okay, Philippe says, not everyone is talented, gifted, skilled to do podcasts, right? No, I disagree with that. I'll tell you why. But I'll finish the question. Can you be bad at it and still keep your expert reputation? Absolutely, you can. People are attracted to regular people. You don't have to sound like Charlie Rose on a podcast. Like even for me, the way I speak, I don't particularly like the way I speak. I, I say a lot of ums and ers. I say a lot of you knows, so on and so forth. I say a lot of so on and so forth, but I don't like, to, I don't particularly like the way I speak, but I just do it. 
because I know I have to do it. And over time, I'll get better at it. I am working with, I've just started working with a speaking coach. So that's part of my, part of my learning, right? So if you don't dip your feet in the water, you're never going to know if that channel could have worked for you. You know, it'll just be like a, what might've been. So you don't have to be very, very sophisticated as a speaker to, to, uh, to start. So go ahead and do it and experiment. Marketing is all about experimentation and business is all about, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. It's a, it can be a real thrill, right? To get out of your comfort zone and do things that you've never done before. Because at the end of the day, entrepreneurship, yes, we're all in it to make money, but it's a thrill because you're developing yourself as an individual. That's what the, the real thrill of entrepreneurship is. And you're building, you know, your business that gives you financial freedom, that gives you time freedom, and it just makes you a better person. So if you don't push yourself and get out of your comfort zone, it is, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be kind of boring, right? So go ahead and do that. I would encourage you if you, if you feel that a podcast is right for you, then, uh, then go ahead and do it. Okay. Joey says, good content is good content. Most podcasts first few episodes are a little rough before they get good. If you can deliver a message, you'll be fine. I mean, I should have read that before I, you know, rambled on. <laughs> you said exactly what I said in just a few, few sentences. Okay. Questions. How, where to get started with podcasts? So Roy, go to podbean.com or go to anchor.fm. Anchor.fm, I believe is free. I think it's recently purchased by Spotify. You can just go in and start talking. Or you know what? You can even do Zoom. Like Zoom is a podcast. It's, you, you just hit record. I mean, the paid version of Zoom, the, the free version of Zoom, you get 45 minutes. The paid version of Zoom, I think it's about 10 or 12 bucks a month. And you just hit record and you can download the audio file and then upload it to your Podbean. Podbean.com or, or an anchor.fm, which is a podcast host. So, you know, just Google how to start a podcast. There are like thousands of resources that you can find. Okay. Pam says, please expand on why competing on price is not good. Yeah, because competing on price is not good because you're going to be less profitable, right? If you're going to start off with a $10,000 or $15,000 price point, and they're like, you know, you're in a market, which is a must have. There are always going to be people that are going to try and outcompete you. For example, like consulting, I'll give you an IT consulting example. Like one of my clients is a IT consultant that does these migrations for one of these big players. And every time he gets a, an inquiry, there are tons of people from the other end of the world, like, you know, in Asia who, who say, who like offer, you know, one-tenth of the price, right? So some clients are, you know, they, they take on, for them, price is more important. So they, they choose the, the person that is less expensive, right? And you don't want to be competing on price because you're going to be, you know, forced to push your price down. You want to be differentiated in the marketplace. You want to be specialized in the marketplace, right? You know, I always use this example. You want to be a, a cardiac surgeon as opposed to a, you know, a general practitioner, right? Specialized, specialized medical professionals are more in demand. They work on costly problems and they are, you know, they're, 
they essentially they work on costly and urgent problems. So they people pay more, right? You go to a cardiac surgeon because you have a serious problem. You don't, you know, uh, and you, you you don't mind going and finding the best, right? You want to be a specialist in the field as opposed to a generalist who does a little bit of everything, because then again you'll be competing on price. So that's why competing on price is, is not a good thing, and especially for consulting service providers. All right. So thank you, John, for attending. Thank you, Philippe. Okay, Pam, I, I, I'm glad you got that. So, Michael, my expertise in, in the AEC. What is the AEC industry again, Michael? Oh, you're on mute. Um, it's in architecture, engineering, and construction. Okay, so your expertise in the AEC industry is operations, BD, and project execution. I started my business three years ago. My background was working for large, medium, and small design and construction firms. I was an executive for 30 years. What would you suggest is a digital marketing strategy? You were an executive for 30 years, right? So yes. go on LinkedIn and, and, and add everybody you know on LinkedIn. There's a feature where you can, you can import your entire email, you know, just link your Outlook or Gmail to LinkedIn and it'll send out invites to everybody in your network. Add them on LinkedIn so you can get back in touch with all of, your, all of those folks and see who you are connected, connected to. You can use this tool on Sales Navigator where you can go to their profiles, people that you're connected to and see who they are connected to, right? And create a referral strategy. Like if the biggest asset I see that you have right now, Michael, is that you have a large network of people, right? So that's what you should yes, be I do. I've got. I, I could I couldn't hear what you said, but I, I think I read your lips. You have about a thousand people in your network. Is that what you said? Yeah. Say that again. Am I off mute? <laughs> yeah. Now you're off mute. Yeah, I've got I've got I've got close to three thousand people in my network on LinkedIn. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So 3000 people, are you leveraging that network? I'm trying to, but I have not yet been yeah. successful. So for you, uh, Michael, my referral network is much better than <laughs> my one-on-one -on -one referral is better than my digital right now, but I'm just, I just started working. I just really started working on my digital content three weeks, three or four weeks ago. Yeah. So you start the, the basic pathway is you start with referrals right and then you move on slowly into content and then as you build that referral engine they're going to keep they're going to keep seeing your content as well and then that combination of your your referral strategy and your content will be a part be, will become your sales and marketing engine for the long term so i would suggest that if you're if you're dipping your feet in the water as far as digital marketing is concerned the first place you want to leverage is your LinkedIn network and simply, yeah. you know, reach out to them. If you can see they're on LinkedIn, if you have their number, just call them. It doesn't have to be a DM on LinkedIn, right? Um, mm -hmm. Just call them or send them an email. If you have an email, if you have the email, send them an email and say, right. you know, no, I've, I've, been doing, I've been doing that, but not, not as great as I would like to. Yeah. So that is, the, that's the, that's an execution issue, right? So you have to set up. I've been trying to, I've been trying to develop more of a brand than anything else, a wide brand with, with content and posting to, uh, to, to anyone. And the largest I've done 
in the last three weeks, I've done almost 3,000 impressions on a few things. Right. So I've gotten pretty good hits and some sh some shares, some reactions, some comments, but mostly trying to build a brand. Right. So that's, so as I said, you know, brand building takes time, right? You got to yeah, give it a it does. A, yeah. So, so as you're building a brand, I'm, I'm a big believer in building a brand. But as you're building a brand, you want to access your network because you want to get sales opportunities as well, right? You can't wait for the brand to work and then, you know, get sales opportunities and simply wait. So the way to get quick sales opportunities is to, is to access your network. That's just lying there, right? So build your referral engine, work your network as you're building a brand. So then, you know, over time, you're... Your, your referral strategy will work and your brand strategy will start working as well. And both of them together become really, very powerful. So I'm, all, I'm also using LinkedIn premium and, premium and also Sales Navigator. So why are you paying for both? Sales Navigator should do the job. I don't know if I'm paying for both or I'm just paying for Sales Navigator. That's the only yeah. thing that they've charged me for so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're only paying for Sales Navigator. I don't know if, you're, yeah. if, if they can charge you for both. So Sales Navigator yeah. is, is, a, is a great tool. On Sales Navigator, you can go and see your network and click on their, click on their profile and see who they're connected to. You see? Right. And, yes, I've, I've been doing that too. Yeah, and then you can go to, go to your network and say... Can you, you can also do searches, direct searches through Sales Navigator. Exactly. And those, those filters on Sales Navigator... And I've been Navigator doing some of that too. I've been reaching yeah. out that way too. Yeah, so initially, you know... It's time-consuming though. It is time consuming. It is. But, you know, even if you do offline marketing, driving to a networking event and meeting people and collecting business cards and all that stuff, going to a trade show, marketing is time time consuming, right? Oh, it's um, very time consuming. But that's why as a, this is another one of my favorite topics, is as a small consulting business owner, you know, the biggest challenge you have is doing the work, which is delivering the engagements, your client engagements and, you know, building a pipeline. So yeah. what's very important is how you organize your week to, to work. I do it, for, you know, it's four days a week. I do client engagements and Friday, my, Fridays is my day where I work on my business, where all my, you know, I have my assistant, my marketing team, we get together on Fridays. We, we create a plan for the next week. I make lists of people that I want to reach out to and so on and so forth. So you want to block off that, that one day a week to four for marketing, right? As a consultant, because your client engagements can get busy. Right. If you're, if you're you know, if, if they are deadline driven and so on. So, so yeah. Appreciate um, it. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for coming. Thanks for the questions, Michael and everybody else. All right. Cheers. Thanks, John. Thanks for coming. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening right to the end. I appreciate your time. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and connect with me and say hi on LinkedIn. For video replays of these sessions, check out our YouTube channel. And most importantly, join us live to get all your questions answered at Consulting Growth Hour Live. All details in the show notes. See you next time.